Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder Podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing really great, too. I don't even think I have one complaint that's coming to my head. I don't either. I know. It's amazing. I know. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've been really on top of things this week, and we've been recording a lot, trying to get ahead. We always say we're never getting ahead, and I think we might just be a tiny little bit ahead. So, by like three hours or something. <laughs> we are the furthest ahead we've ever been. Yeah. This is, is this what it's like to truly live? I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're just recording this on a Tuesday. Normally we record on Thursday. So I feel like we're ahead of the game. We're two days ahead of schedule. And that is something. That's something. I'm pumped. Yeah, it is something. Watch this whole entire audio just go to crap and we have to redo <laughs> it. But for now, it feels really good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Okay, so the topic of freak accidents is something that really has always, I think, been fascinating to me. Maybe you too, Melissa, but probably just because I have a crazy anxiety brain and I'm always thinking about like the worst possible outcome of every situation. Did you you watch uh, Final Destination? I did. I loved those movies. Those will mess you up. That You can't even drive behind. I can't drive behind any log trucks without being like, that thing's about to go through my head, through my brain, and this is how I die. I can't do anything. All the Final Destination movies. And same way, being like high anxiety, I'm like, oh, I'm just looking for ways to die. 101 yeah. ways to die just is like a game I play every day. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I liked those Final Destination movies because I feel like they did a great job of putting – actual fears or you know of weird things like that and made it a movie so it I don't know in a weird way it was I don't know what it was it gave me more options and thinking like I didn't know I could die from an ice pick falling or an ice whatever falling into my head I mean it's not even a real fear in Florida but anytime they say freeze warning the first thing my head does is say oh my gosh an icicle is going to fall into my skull just every time it's right not normal Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I definitely do suffer from some level of intrusive thoughts, which I've come to find out is really common. But like the things I think about sometimes are really terrible and shocking and horrifying. Like if we're having a family day at the beach, I will at least at one point have a terrible thought that like something happens to one of my kids. They either get lost on the beach or they get swept away in a current and I don't see them or, you know, because my kids are a little bit older now. So they play in the surf, but 
the beach is big. So I'm always scared that something terrible is going to happen. And I run through these awful scenarios in my head. And yeah. I'm, I always do this. I feel like it always comes on when I'm doing something that I actually like doing. And so it kind of is a mood killer whenever you have these mm, kind of thoughts yeah. coming into your head um, when you're just trying to enjoy yourself and have a nice time. So yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing, pretty relatable thing that people yeah. think about these crazy things. So another thing that I like to do that kind of relates to this episode this week is to go hiking in the mountains in particular. And I just love it so much. Melissa, I know you think I'm crazy sometimes going on all these adventures and all these journeys and I just want to climb mountains and do crazy things, but you just can't beat the amazing views and all the sounds and smells of nature. So I don't know. I have never <laughs> a smell of nature is never going to be how I'm going to sell somebody on doing anything. A smell of nature that's like dung. That's all I can. It's beautiful. Think of. It's beautiful. No, you're. It is. But whenever you said that, it reminded me of Miley Cyrus singing the climb. Like that's how I picture you walking mountains now, just singing Miley Cyrus. In that's ex- that's literally me on the mountains. Okay? <laughs> um, so it really is truly one of my favorite activities. But I would be lying if I said that I wasn't concerned about becoming one of the hundreds that die each year in our national parks. And that's again just because I have crazy Mandy anxiety brain. But there really are true actual risks when you are scaling the side of a mountain, which is why most people do hike with a friend or in a group and they have special equipment sometimes, in some cases, not in all cases. I've hiked on some pretty narrow trails with cliffs right next to me and it is a little scary, but I don't know. I've never felt like actually in danger, but I have thought, you know, like what if something happened? What if I slipped? What if I fell? So as I said before, it can be a little nerve wracking and kind of hard to avoid these intrusive thoughts about, you know, the possibility that I will slip to my death. But something I've really never considered before while I was on a hike is whether or not the person that I'm with is going to do something to kill me while we're on this hike. You know, I never had thought about this before this week's story, but I might start thinking about it now. Because in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the tragic death of one woman that left friends and family reeling and wanting more answers. But the answers that they got unraveled a very sinister plot that led to a shocking twist. Back in 1999, life was finally getting better for a man by the name of Harold Hinthorne. Harold was a businessman, he was in his mid-40s, and at this time he was living in Colorado. Just a few years before, in 1995, he lost his first wife in a terrible freak accident, and he was really ready to get out there and start dating again. On May 6th of 1995, when his wife passed away, the couple was driving home and it was really, really dark outside. And as they're driving, Harold realizes something's wrong with one of the tires, so he pulls over. Somehow or another, his wife, Sandra Lynn, ends up underneath the car while it's jacked up. And so at this point, Harold says he tries to put the old tire into the trunk after changing it. The car slips off the jack and it actually crushes Sandra Lynn. She's rushed to the hospital, but she dies in surgery. Four years later, though, Harold is ready to find his new love, and he creates this dating profile on a Christian dating site. In this profile, he says he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, and says that his job is a consultant for nonprofits. He said he was very plan and detail-oriented, but something about his profile and photo caught Tony Bertolette's attention. At the time, Tony was 37 years old, And at this point, she's just dedicated her life to her career. She was a very successful and very well-respected ophthalmologist. She grew up in Mississippi, and people really considered her to be just a Southern belle. She was very old-fashioned, and she had grown up with these two brothers. One was older and one was younger, and she was very, very close to them, and she was very closely involved in their lives. Tony was very athletic, but she also really kind of clung to being the Southern Southern Belle, and that was kind of how she dressed. She was extremely bright and ends up going to medical school and graduates in the top 10% of her class. She got married around this time, but then she divorced after seven years. Being divorced was very disappointing and very sad for her. She really had wanted to work out her marriage. But after that, she became really focused on her career and really wasn't dating. She didn't really find any love for several years at that point. But she did spend a lot of time being involved in her church, and she was a very devout Christian. She sang in her choir, and she was even a Sunday school teacher. During this time, she's very busy, and she doesn't have a lot of opportunities to meet men, so she turned to the internet. She specifically chooses this one Christian dating site because she wanted to meet someone who shared the same values with her. Tony went on a few dates before she met Harold on the site, and when they met, they really hit it off right away. 
At the time, Harold was living in Colorado while Tony was living in Mississippi. And after they talked for a little while and got to know each other a little bit, he decided he was going to fly there to meet her. And it ended up working out great. There was an immediate spark there, and it was really what some called a match made in heaven. Tony quickly introduced him to her family, and they all absolutely loved him. They said that he was very outgoing, and he had a bigger personality than Tony. She was a little bit more reserved and quiet, but they thought that was really what she needed and that he was perfect for her. So everybody, you know, learned about Harold's first wife and the way that she died in, you know, this terrible accident. And they all felt just terrible for him that he had to experience that. But they were really happy that he and Tony had found each other. And, you know, if Tony was going to make him happy, then they were happy, you know, for both of them. So at this point, as we said, they were both a little older and more mature, and they were really ready to settle down. So they quickly got engaged, and Harold actually proposed on Valentine's Day in 2000 with this big ring, and it was, you know, just this big production, and Tony was really excited that he was proposing, and she didn't hesitate and said yes immediately. Seven months later, in September, they got married in a big church wedding. The family said that it was a perfect and beautiful day, and the wedding was just, it went off without a hitch. Everybody seemed so happy this day. Tony was really eager to start a family, but the couple was still actually living in separate states. So they spent the first two years of their marriage just traveling back and forth to see each other. And a lot of this was because Tony had this really successful ophthalmology practice in Mississippi that she wasn't, you know, too keen on just giving up. But after two years of living apart, Tony decided that it was time for her to go ahead and move to Colorado to settle down and live with her husband, Harold. Once she arrived there, they pretty much immediately started trying to have a baby, but they were unable to conceive for a while and unfortunately struggled with some fertility issues and even some miscarriages. At the time, one of Tony's brothers and his wife were also trying to get pregnant, and they were also having some problems with that. But as luck would have it, Tony and her sister-in-law ended up getting pregnant at the same time. In June of 2005, Tony and Harold welcomed their daughter, Haley, and Tony's brother, Todd, and his wife had a daughter that they named Anna Kate. So the family, of course, was thrilled for these two new babies. How exciting is that if you have two babies being born in your family? You have these two new cousins. They get to grow up together. If you're a really close-knit family like Tony was with her family and with her brothers, very active and involved in everybody's life, that would be a really exciting thing, you know, to have your brother have a baby at the same time as you. So they were all really happy. And these two young families were really close, as I said, and Tony developed a bond not only with her daughter, Haley, but also with her niece, Anna Kate. But soon Tony had to go back to work at her ophthalmology practice. And Harold really became this stay-at-home dad and really took on this role and really enjoyed it and loved it. He was very hands-on. He did it all. People who knew them said that he was just like so attentive to this baby's needs and he handled everything, you know, anything she needed, diaper changes, fixing her food, anything that the baby needed, he was all over it. And Life really went on this way, and it seemed pretty perfect for them and really uneventful for the next several years. By 2012, Tony and Harold had been married for 11 years, and their 12th anniversary was quickly approaching. And at this time, their daughter Haley is around seven years old. By all accounts, Harold and Tony were really still going strong. But as any parent knows, we all need breaks from our daily routine. So Harold thought it would be really nice to take his wife, Tony, away on a surprise getaway for their big 12th anniversary. He plans this elaborate surprise. So she's a doctor. She's very busy. I'm sure she has rounds and everything else. So he calls her office and speaks to the office manager and asks for assistance in pulling this big weekend off. So they end up fudging Tony's schedule. So it looks like she has patients all day when in actuality she had no patients that day. The office manager literally clears her schedule so she can leave with Harold. Harold, you know, asks the office staff to play along to help him. So he comes into the office, goes into a patient's room, and when Tony comes into the room thinking she's going to see a patient, there's her husband. And he basically says, surprise, we're leaving for a vacation now, and... He already has. No, thank you. He has a sitter for Haley. He's already packed her clothes and really takes care of everything, right? I just, it sounds sweet, I guess, but not to me, it doesn't sound sweet. To me, that sounds terrible and horrifying. I would be so caught off guard. I would not like that. That is not the kind of surprise that I would be in for. 
My husband, once we packed to go out of town, and one time he did not bring any other, he brought one shirt for like four days that we were going to be gone. He brought one shirt and one pair of boxers. <laughs> imagine your husband packing for you. I just can't even imagine if you can't remember your own clothing. I can't trust you to do this. It's a very sweet idea, but it reminds me of, uh, did you see that SNL Lexus commercial at Christmas when they go outside and the husband's like, I bought you a Lexus. She's like, what? You lost your job. What are you doing? <laughs> it's the same idea where it's like, uh, this is a very sweet idea, but it, it, it's that's a I don't know that's a lot it is a very it's, sweet it's idea. interesting execution yes, yes for sure if somebody could really pull it off like perfectly and really can get all your stuff but in my situation with my husband who I love very much <laughs> this is a literal nightmare I'm probably gonna have a nightmare about it tonight it just sounds terrible but for for him you know Tony was excited he's excited they've gotten everything he's gotten everything organized so she doesn't have anything to really worry about she's just getting ready to leave her daughter's being taken care of and so off they go on what should be this romantic getaway weekend and we're gonna get into so much more of the story after one quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors I love sugar, but at this age, sugar does not love me. And sometimes I want to treat myself to eat some cookies when the craving strikes, but honestly, the sugar content is so high, it's hard to even enjoy them. But with High Key's chocolate chip mini cookies, I can treat myself with delicious cookies made with zero added sugar. High Key cookies are delicious, but more than that, they're keto-friendly with low net carbs. Plus, they're even gluten and grain-free. Having less sugar in your diet helps you feel your best, so eating High Key cookies is basically self-care. With zero grams of sugar, one gram of net carbs, three grams of protein, you can treat your sweet tooth without the sugar crash that normally comes later. I'm always very skeptical when I hear that something is healthy and delicious. I grew up eating butter and sugar on bread as a snack, so if you're going to sell me on a sweet snack, you have got to sell it to me. And Heike has done just that. The cookies actually have the texture of my normal cookies, which if you've tried other healthy cookies, you know that can be a total disaster. And they taste just like a cookie should. Delicious and satisfying, plus the servings are really generous, so a whole bag is only 300 calories. But don't just take our word for it. High Key Cookies have more than 23,000 five-star reviews, and we've got an exclusive deal for our listeners. Save $20 off when you try High Key's Chocolate Chip Cookie Bundle at highkey.com moms. Or save 20% off site-wide when you use our discount code MOMS. And they guarantee that you'll love it or your money back so you can try their products risk-free. Again, to claim this exclusive offer of $20 off, go to highkey.com slash moms or use our discount code MOMS. That's H-I-G-H-K-E-Y dot com slash moms. I don't know about you, but I've never grabbed a one-size-fits-all bathing suit. But when it comes to shampoo and conditioners, I've done it more than once. But really, our hair is as unique as we are, and it's time to start treating it that way. And you can now, thanks to Pros. Pros works to create customized hair care products for people, not hair types. They believe you can have the healthiest, most beautiful hair possible because they make a product that's designed just for you. I took the Pros online hair quiz, and it goes over everything, from asking my zip code to what my activity level is, and even what I'm eating. All of those things, plus more, factor into how my hair reacts and what it needs. And having a shampoo and conditioner that is designed just for you will help you reach your hair goals. The hair I had in my 20s isn't the same hair I have in my 30s. Mine has become more oily and thin, even in the past two or three years. Being able to share things like that in the quiz makes my pros even more effective. My pros has ingredients like apple cider to give my hair shine and biotin to add strength both of which my hair has been lacking. Not only is my hair beginning to look soft and shiny, but it feels better already. I chose the Oasis fragrance as part of my custom shampoo, but you can choose another yummy scent or choose none at all. Give Pros a try, and if you're not 100% positive that it's the best hair care you've ever had, they'll even take the products back. No questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com moms. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash moms for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Now back to the episode. So before the break, we were just talking about Harold Henthorne taking his wife, Tony, on this romantic surprise getaway that he just popped up at her office and surprised her with, and he had already packed her bags and everything, and they were off. They were out the door and in the car on the way, which is, it just still blows my mind that anyone would do that. It is a sweet idea. So that's yeah. what they did. They, but they and were on with the her way. as a doctor, like her schedule is 
probably crazy and there's a lot more pieces to it than, you know, take me away for a week. As long as somebody feeds my kids, we're probably okay. (laughs) So she's got a lot going on. Yeah. So they left Denver on a Friday afternoon and they drove to Estes Park. They actually stayed at the Stanley. And yes, I mean the Stanley Hotel where the inspiration (gasps) for um, The Shining, the movie The Shining, that's where that came from. So I would love to go there. I've actually known a couple people who have gone there and um, have seen that hotel in person, and I would love it. Really? You know, I love that movie. That sounds like yes. my nightmare. No, oh, my gosh. No, not. I would be all over that. Yeah, so I'm super jealous of that destination. Yeah. Um. So, so they arrived, and they had an early dinner on Friday, and then they headed up to their room. The next day, according to the plan that Harold had already kind of mapped out for them, they were going to go on this hike in the Rocky Mountain National Park. Harold had already checked out the trails. He already kind of made a plan for where they were going to go that day. And Tony was, I guess, really excited to join him on this hike. It was a really nice day out that day. And they set out on what would be considered a moderate hike. So probably if you are not really, really experienced, you wouldn't do this hike. It was a little more challenging, but not super challenging, you know, not where it would be impossible for them to do. Um, So they planned to stop for a picnic lunch along the way. Throughout the day, they used their camera they had to snap pictures and, you know, even took selfies with each other. And they had pictures of all these amazing views that they were getting. And at about 3.30 that afternoon, they decided they, you know, wanted to eat their lunch. And so they walked off the trail to a more secluded spot to find a place to sit down and eat. After lunch, they continued exploring off the trail. But this romantic weekend getaway suddenly took an unexpected turn. Just before 6 p.m., Harold dialed 911, and he frantically said, you know, my wife has fallen off a cliff. She's in critical condition. I need emergency rescue to this location immediately. It was around 5.15 that afternoon when Harold said that his wife was attempting to take a picture near the edge of a cliff when she fell off. He said he didn't see exactly what happened because he was looking down at his phone, but he did give their location and said that they were on Deer Mountain Trail. Of course, this is in the mountains. This is a remote location, and there is not really a lot of cell phone signal to speak of. So rangers were deployed, and a search was started. The more time that passes, of course, the worse this is for Tony. When she fell, it took Harold 15 minutes to climb down to where she was, and then he spent 30 minutes assessing the situation and trying to move Tony to a safer place, and then he had to climb back up to where he had a cell phone signal so that he could dial 911. So by the time he made the call, it had already been 45 minutes since the fall. Oh my gosh. Ah, I can't even imagine. So the ranger really is having trouble finding Tony and Harold. And if you've been hiking, you know, especially in the mountains, you know, it is vast. It is not hard to imagine that they would take some time to find you. If you just call and say, hey, we're on Deer Mountain Trail. Some of these trails are miles long. You know, right. you have no idea where they could be. So the first ranger didn't arrive on the scene for two hours. And it was around eight o'clock that night by the time somebody finally got there. During that time, Harold had spoke to the 911 operator multiple times and had kept saying, you know, Tony was unconscious, but she's still breathing. And he kept saying that he had to conserve his phone battery so he couldn't stay on the line with the operator the entire time, which also is legitimate. So in the meantime, he started texting Tony's family and their friends to let them know that there had been this terrible accident. At 6.16 p.m., he sent a text to Tony's brother, Barry, and it just said Tony was in critical condition after falling from a rock and that EMTs were on the way. And he also told Barry that he should catch the next flight. And then he said, hey, my cell phone battery is low. Please confirm you got this message. And then Barry wrote back, you know, I got the message. Do I need to call for help? I'm going to look into getting a flight. Right. But when the ranger finally arrived, there were some questions about Harold's story that started to kind of come out. So over those two hours that Harold was waiting to be found by the rangers, he spoke with a 911 dispatcher several times. On these calls, he says, you know, Tony has a pulse and she has other vital signs. But when help finally arrives, it's clear that Tony's already dead. They said her injuries were inconsistent with what Harold was saying. At one point, this dispatcher he's on the phone with tries to coach him through CPR, but doubted that he was even doing it. So when rescuers realized that there was no real rescue to be made, they had to shift their focus to how they were going to get Tony's body off the mountain. 
At 8.41 p.m., Harold sent a very cold text to Tony's family saying, quote, she's gone. So this seems like such a freak accident, just a total tragedy. They're away on this romantic weekend and the wife falls and now she's dead. Around 150 people actually die each year in national parks. And in Rocky Mountain National Park, the leading cause of death actually is falling. Every single death that happens in the national park, though, is investigated thoroughly. So Harold speaks to police, and his official statement was that they were originally going to hike on this different trail, and actually it was a shorter one. It had handicapped accessible walking and no elevation gain, but at the last minute, they decided to switch to Deer Mountain Trail. This was a three-mile climb with a 1,200-foot elevation gain. This would not be a hike that Tony would really choose. She had bad knees. Uh, She had multiple surgeries on the knees. She wasn't able to ski anymore, and she's definitely not going to want this challenging mountain hike. It makes sense that their first one was going to be an easy one. That seemed more her speed. I can't imagine having bad knees trying to climb a mountain in a scary mountain that has cliffs and all that. Like you're going to want to be on your game. So he says they tried that first trail, but ended up getting off of it because it was too crowded. Harold said he'd only been to this location once before because he actually went there earlier to scout it out to see if it was a good place for their anniversary, but he said he really didn't know it very well. And he says that that day they stopped off at this flat rocky area because there was a really great view and they wanted to look for wildlife. Harold alleges that Tony was trying to take pictures of some wild turkey. She gets too close to the edge and then she falls. But was that really all there was to it? Investigators felt there could be a lot more to this story. Upon further investigation, it really shows more troubling evidence. Tony's family may not have been as happy with Harold as they had been early on. When they first met Harold, you know, he praised Tony. He thought she was the greatest thing in the world. And he said he was rich and Tony never needed to work again. But it didn't matter to Tony because her family had their own money. Her dad was a wealthy landowner. She was this, you know, amazing ophthalmologist and he said his job can be done from anywhere and so he can move but that's not what happened tony's parents felt that harold really took away all control of her life they said that he got her to move away from colorado and her family felt like harold did everything he could to keep tony away from her family and so she wasn't traveling back and forth in mississippi but they would have her parents come all the way to colorado to visit her And they were elderly. It was kind of a hard flight for them. And, you know, Harold just was not interested in them flying there. So when they would even call to talk to Tony on the phone, Harold would always be the one to answer the phone. And he would put the call on speaker to be a part of the conversation. And he never let her talk to her mom alone. I'm not calling Uh, my husband to talk. I mean, I'm not calling my mom to talk bad about my husband. But if I call my mom and I want to talk to her, I don't want my husband listening on my conversation. Right. No. Sometimes I make myself sound like a much better person than I actually am, and I don't need the person (laughs) that knows the truth to rat me out. But no, really, it is like you can see how if she's away from everybody, she's away from her family, and they can't really even have a clear line of communication to her. He's kind of their gatekeeper at this point. And so when baby Haley comes along, things really get worse. Harold not only controlled Tony, but he also controlled the baby's life and the baby's schedule. On the outside, it looks like he's this very active and hands-on dad, but to Tony's family, they felt like he was really controlling. He would organize all the play dates. He decided what she would eat, when she would eat. He really didn't even let Tony put her daughter to bed at night. He said the last hour before sleep was his daddy-daughter time, which I feel like he had eight hours before And this is her time to spend with her daughter. Harold also kept and watched the video monitor in Haley's room. Tony's family thought that she might be unhappy. There's really no way for them to even talk to her. But they didn't think she would divorce Harold because of her religious beliefs. So Harold, as we said, always claimed that he was a businessman who traveled a lot for work. But when you started really digging into it, it didn't appear that he had any money of his own. And of course, he was the one in control of the couple's finances and he controlled the bank accounts that allegedly, you know, he shared with Tony. She was putting her salary into it. He was supposed to be putting his salary into it. But he was the one who really had control over those accounts and monitoring them and keeping track. On the rare times that Tony did get to sneak a peek into their bank account, she thought it was a little strange that she didn't see any evidence of all this money Mm -hmm. that 
Harold was claiming that they had. And Harold was also a pretty big spender. And if he wanted something, it nothing was really off the table, including expensive things like cars. And he would make these big purchases really without Tony's knowledge or her consent. And it was discovered later that Harold actually did not have any employment or steady stream of income at all. So he was doing all of this on Tony's dime. And, you know, under her nose, she didn't have a clue, you know, that she was really working and he was just spending all this money and not bringing any of his own, you know, into the into the relationship. And this was all found out later through an audit that was done on him. And it only showed that he had income for 1993 and 1999 and 2000, but there was nothing other than that. Whoa. So either he wasn't working or he was not filing his taxes. I feel like, I don't know. Both Something great. was definitely, yeah, neither is a good option. So it really seemed like he was just kind of being stealthy and living off of Tony's wealth. And of course, micromanaging everything so that she doesn't find this out. So the investigators also learned even more things that were pretty sus as my uh, Oh my gosh, you're no. <laughs> you're you're either playing too much among us or your kids are. <laughs> so Harold actually took out several life insurance policies in very large amounts on Tony leading up to her death. And he recently had made himself the beneficiary of a life insurance annuity that originally was put in Haley's name, but now he has changed it to be in his name. They also learned about a prior incident involving Harold and Tony that left her injured, which this is really interesting. I imagine this was very interesting when the investigators were finding all of this out. So they found out that a while back, the couple was staying in a cabin that Harold owned in the mountains and it was the two of them there with their daughter, Haley. So while Haley was asleep one night, Harold supposedly asked Tony if she would help him clean up some debris. It was like 10 p.m. So first of all, if my husband was like, will you come outside and help me clean up debris? I would be like, no, we're at the cabin in the woods. We are not cleaning up debris. Right That's now. literally just- a movie, Cabin <laughs> in the Woods. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So um, so she was outside helping him and she was standing below a raised up porch and she had her back turned towards it. And suddenly she says that she felt this really heavy item just struck her kind of in the back of the neck. And she realized, you know, she's laying on the ground. She realizes she's in serious pain and her fingers are numb, her hands are numb. And her Yikes. first thought is, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to work? She's an ophthalmologist. She performs surgeries on people's eyes. Like she is like freaking out thinking like, what if yeah. something is, what if I lose, you know, the feeling in my hands, like forever. So they go to the emergency room. It turns out, according to Harold, it was an accident. And this big beam, it was either a beam or a large piece of lumber. I read two different things, um, two different sources. And, but he says that this just fell off the porch and happened to hit her. Um, she was standing down there. So that definitely seems like, I mean, it's a strange it's possible. accident. It's possible, but it certainly is questionable yeah I feel like um at that because why exactly were they out there at 10 p.m like none of it really makes a lot of sense you know sense it's not very sensible so I feel like that makes it a little bit more suspicious this incident actually could have killed Tony if she had been standing just in a different position or if that thing had hit her in a different way it was heavy enough that it really could have taken her life so after all of this, when Tony's family heard that, you know, she died on this hiking trip, they immediately thought Harold has done something to her. And it was their theory right from the beginning that he pushed her. And we're going to get into the rest of the story after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Spring is almost here, and I think it's safe to say we are all ready for it. But my lawn? Not so much. This spring, I wanted to get my lawn on track, but to be honest, I didn't have the slightest idea where to start. That is, until I heard about Sunday. Sunday takes out all the guesswork and all the unwanted chemicals to help you grow the most beautiful lawn that's great for you, your pets, and the planet. To get started, I headed to Sunday.com and entered my address. From there, the lawn analysis tool took care of the rest, literally in just a few seconds. Sunday uses things like soil and climate data to create a custom and tailored lawn nutrient plan just for you, so you aren't adding stuff your lawn doesn't need or missing things that it does. If you think Florida people are different, 
Just imagine our lawns. They are exposed to so much sun and heat, and in the summer, constant thunderstorms. Honestly, before Sunday, I didn't really care to keep up with my lawn too much because I truly did not know what to do. So I didn't want to just waste my time and money hoping my lawn would somehow look pretty. But because Sunday's lawn plan is custom for my lawn, it knows exactly what it needs. Ordering was simple, and a few days after, a box was delivered to me from Sunday with two different treatments to start with, as well as a soil testing kit. The directions included were super easy to follow, and I've already completed the first step. In a few months, I'll do the next treatment they sent, and then wait for the next box to arrive. With Sunday, there's no guesswork on my part, just detailed, easy-to-follow instructions with great results. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com moms to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash moms. I started using BetterHelp a few months ago, and I can't tell you what a difference it's made for me. I've been in therapy a few times over the course of my life, but it's never been very easy to stick with, and that's mainly because I have to leave the house and get a babysitter just to go. But now, thanks to BetterHelp, it's as easy as making a phone call. If you're like me and there's something that's interfering with your happiness or something that's preventing you from achieving the goals you have for yourself, check out BetterHelp. BetterHelp doesn't just assign you to a random therapist on the BetterHelp network, but they assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can start communicating in under 24 hours. If you find for some reason that your therapist isn't a great match, you can change therapists at any time. BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide, and with BetterHelp, you can message your counselor at any time and schedule weekly video or phone chats, all from the comfort of your own home. BetterHelp counselors are specialized in things like anxiety, stress, trauma, sleep, and grief. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, and everything you share with your counselor is confidential. Financial aid is also available to those who qualify. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com moms. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com moms. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. And now back to the episode. Okay, so before we took the break, uh, we were talking about how Tony's family was starting to become really suspicious that her husband, Harold, had actually pushed her off of a cliff while they were on this romantic anniversary getaway and that the story he was giving that she fell accidentally while trying to take a picture was not the truth. So at first, everyone didn't really agree. They didn't feel this way. A lot of Harold's old friends that, especially the ones that he had from when he was in his first marriage, they really reached out to him again and, you know, just said they were so shocked and in such disbelief that he had lost a second wife in such a tragic accident. 
And one of his older friends, Kim, you know, just said she felt so bad for Harold having to go through this a second time. But others weren't so sure there wasn't something more sinister going on. It would really be years before anybody got any real answers out of it, though. When investigators looking into Tony's death learned about Harold's first wife, they thought that it was, at the very least, really odd. You know, it was a very strange coincidence that Harold had lost two wives in these completely random accidents while being the only other person that was around when they died. Detective Weaver, who was working on Tony's case, reviewed the files from 18 years earlier when Sandra Lynn died. He noticed that there were many inconsistencies in these reports and in these statements that were taken way back then. So as we said in the beginning of the episode, Sandra Lynn died after she was crushed under their Jeep Cherokee, and Harold's story was actually different when he spoke to different people. He told one officer that they were driving east when, you know, they pulled over to change this tire, but he told another officer that they were going west. And then he told one officer that they just finished having dinner, and he told the other one that they were on their way to dinner. And, you know, he just had a lot of these little inconsistencies. He said at one point they left their house that day at 1 p.m., and then to somebody else he said they left at 7 p.m. He said... He thought their tire was completely flat, and then he said, no, actually, I thought it was just spongy, which I don't know what that even means in terms of a tire. No. It's just two different – it's just going to show that he says two different things, but I don't know. I don't know what spongy means if you're referring to, like, the air pressure of a tire. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That sounds like a word I would use, and I know nothing about cars. That doesn't (laughs) make sense. Yeah. So it's really unclear from the statements why exactly Sandra Lynn was under the Jeep at all. Harold says that she dropped a lug nut under there and then went to get it. And he said, you know, the Jeep was jacked up on not one, but two jacks. And so it's really not clear exactly how the Jeep fell off the jacks either. Harold said that the car rolled off the jacks when he threw the flat tire into the trunk of the Jeep. And in the end, Sandra Lynn's death was determined to be an accident, but Harold benefited greatly from her death. Detective Weaver felt that Sandra Lynn's death was not investigated properly and that there were really clear signs that something shady was going on. He learned that Harold had actually collected about $600,000 in life insurance after she passed away. Harold had recently changed the policy to allow for double the payout if Lynn were to die in an accident. Something else that Detective Weaver noticed in the report from Sandra Lynn's death was that there was a shoe print that was actually found on the wheel well of the Jeep. He thought, you know, it could be nothing, but it could also mean that Harold or someone kicked the Jeep hard enough to actually knock it off the jack and onto Sandra Lynn. It turned out that many people involved in that situation really thought that there was something weird about it. On the day of the accident, a passerby stopped to help Harold and later called the police to ask where to pick up this jacket she left. Um, She left it to cover Sandra Lynn while they were waiting for the paramedics. And this woman had actually left before emergency personnel arrived on the scene. Yeah, so um, something else about this woman that she actually told the police was that the reason she left the scene so quickly was because she was really creeped out by Harold. And she said that the reason she left the jacket there was because when they got to the scene and they saw that Sandra Lynn was still under the Jeep, they wanted to help. And it was getting cold. It was a spring night. So it was, it was there was a chill in the air. And she was obviously badly injured, clinging to life. They were waiting for paramedics. And um, this passerby said that Harold was just refusing to take off his jacket and put it over his wife who was laying on the ground in critical condition. And so that's why this woman ended up taking it off. And, you know, her husband or somebody that she was with helped Harold get the Jeep off of um, Sandra Lynn. But then they left the scene because they found out, you know, I guess Harold said, oh, the paramedics are on their way. They're almost here. So these people left. And then she called the police station the next day to say, hey, where should I go to pick up this jacket that I left there? And that's how they got in contact with her. Yes. Can you imagine being that creeped out in an emergency situation that you feel like you have to get out of, like to be that creeped out over the, what you think is the victim's husband that you're like, I got to get out of here. Um, I can't even imagine that, like how creepy he must've been or how, you know, I don't know, terrible at the time that he must've been for her to want to get out of there. Right. But ultimately no one ever follows up with this woman to find out any more. 
And a volunteer at the fire department that responded to the scene also said Harold's behavior at the accident scene was the most unusual thing she'd ever seen. So Detective Weaver, who keep in mind is really investigating Tony's death mainly, but now he's digging into the circumstances of Sandra Lynn's death too. He's down this rabbit hole and, you know, is just trying to get more information. So he decides to conduct his own experiment. He gets a Jeep that was the same year and make of as Harold's and uh, the one that had killed Sandra Lynn. And he jacks it up with two jacks, just like Harold had claimed to do that day. So he tries taking tires and tossing them in the back, slamming the trunk shut to see if he could make the Jeep fall off the jacks. He even took away one of the jacks. So now it's just one doing the same thing, throwing the you know tires back there, slamming the trunk, nothing knocks off. But then he kicks the Jeep in the wheel well area where the original investigators had made that note about the shoe print and the Jeep falls right off the jack when he does that. So, he, oh my gosh. Yeah. So he's positive that Harold had intentionally killed his first wife and likely his second one too. Mm. So, come to find out, taking out those life insurance policies on Tony in the months prior to her death wasn't the only thing he did that really looked more like a preparation. He told the police that he'd only been out to that trail area once before just to scout it out ahead of their anniversary, you know, and figure out if that's where he wanted to take her. But that turned out to be a lie because his cell phone records actually showed that he had visited the park eight or nine times just in the six weeks leading up to Tony's death. So he was there very familiar with the area and knew exactly where they were going. But one of the most incriminating things that the investigators discovered was this map of the park that Harold had in his car. And it had notes and markings and things highlighted on it. And there was a pink X on the map right in the spot where Tony allegedly fell. Oh, my gosh. Right. So at this point, the evidence that was being discovered um, really conflicted with this account that Harold is giving them. He, you know, had sent, as we said before, multiple texts saying that Tony was injured when he knew in, that she was, in fact, dead. And there was no physical signs that he tried CPR. She didn't have any injuries to her ribs. There was no bruising. And they said that her lipstick wasn't even smeared. So they doubted that he did absolutely anything mm -hmm. while, you know, the 911 operator was trying to talk him through this. It actually took two years investigating this case and putting these pieces of the puzzle together. But Finally, on November 6, 2014, Harold was arrested on charges of first-degree murder in the case of Tony's death. In December of 2014, Douglas County Coroner took another look at the reports from Sandra Lynn's death, and they ended up changing her cause of death from accidental to undetermined, and then the sheriff's office actually reopened that case as well. So since they kind of had, they felt this was all relevant, all of this information about his right. past wife, this the past injury that Tony had from the cabin when, you know, the beam fell on her, they thought all this is relevant. So they were able to use all this information pertaining even to Sandra Lynn's death as part of their case against him in his murder trial for Tony's death. And that began in September of 2015. So as I said, they also brought up the previous incident, the cabin where she was injured, and they said both of these incidents, you know, the cabin incident and the incident where Tony was, you know, tragically killed, they said these both occurred in remote locations, which made it hard to get emergency help in a timely manner. There's no cell phone signal. They just thought, you know, this is really convenient that these accidents happen when he's out in the middle of nowhere. Harold was the only witness, as we said before, to both of these bizarre occurrences, and he had been proven that he had lied and was inconsistent with his story after each one of these accidents. Harold also had both of his wives cremated quickly after their deaths. And I read in one source that he spread their ashes in the exact same spot after they died. What? Yes. Oh, I just cannot imagine their family is just, oh yeah. my gosh, just finding out all of this. It's just very terrible. Um, so he cashed in on a lot of life insurance as we said, he got $600,000 after his first wife died. And when Tony was killed, he actually collected on about four and a half million dollars. That's what her life insurance policies totaled out to um, that he had taken out on her. That's very sizable yeah. um, amount of money. Harold's defense actually didn't even call any witnesses to testify. And he also did not get on the stand and testify in his own trial. 
The trial did not last very long, and on September 21st, the jury heard all of the evidence and quickly agreed that he was responsible for Tony's death and that he pre-planned it all before taking her on the hiking trip. He was found guilty of first-degree murder, and whenever he was found guilty, people in the courtroom actually cheered and shouted, Bye, Harold! He was sentenced to life, which was the mandatory sentence. Tony and Harold's daughter, Haley, was placed into the care of her uncle and aunt, who was Tony's brother and his wife. It's hard to imagine why Harold would do something like this when really he had it made. His wife made lots of money. He was staying home. He had access to things. He was buying things. You know, he had a pretty great life. I'm talking monetarily, but Tony seems like a wonderful woman. He has this great kid, great family. And it's just hard to understand why somebody would do this. His appeals have been denied all the way up to the Supreme Court level, and he is now serving his sentence in a federal prison. In the aftermath of all this, another woman comes forward and says she believed she was actually on Harold's radar and thought he might be grooming her for murder at one point. She was actually his ex-sister-in-law. She had been married to Harold's first wife, Sandra Lynn. She was married to her brother. And so they get divorced, but they... Harold stays in contact with her. Her name is Grace Rochelle, even after Sandra Lynn dies. So one month before Tony was pushed to her death, Harold allegedly took his daughter Haley to visit Grace and her children. He takes them on the speedboat ride, and on this trip, he convinces Grace to take out an insurance policy on herself and name her children as the beneficiaries. Well, he was the one who actually sets up this insurance policy when she agrees except he made himself the beneficiary and actually forges her signature on the documents. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she believes he was considering killing her and making it look like an accident. So whenever she finds out about Harold's second wife dying just a few weeks later, it only reinforced her belief. Can you imagine? Basically, if someone tries to sell me life insurance policy, I'm going to assume they want to kill me. There's just Yeah. I know that's not the truth. No, I'm being silly with that. I know, I know. But there's really no circumstance where I would want to be approached by a friend and they would just be like, hey, really like coaxing me, like you should really take out a life insurance policy. I'd be like, why should I do that? Like, you know? Yeah. It's just really it's a weird conversation to have. I don't I unless I literally am in the business of selling insurance, I can't imagine just going up to somebody and saying like talking to them about that. It's just a personal thing. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing to bring up to anyone. Yeah, I get that it's important to have plans and be prepared. All of that very very important. Nothing against people that sell life insurance policies whatsoever. No, 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 of course, course not. Yeah, but it is like if my uh, ex husband's sister's former husband mentioned it to me, I would probably be like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But not faulting her whatsoever. He seems like he was really just a big talker and everything, and he could make you believe things. So it's obviously nothing against her, but it is just such a weird concept that he would convince her to buy this life insurance policy and then he would forge everything. It just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah, I definitely think – I mean, I I can see why she would feel that he was yeah, out to get her. Sure. I, and that's just really terrifying after the fact. You know, I can't imagine having that experience and then finding out that all this, you know, happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just so scary and terrifying. Yeah. And one thing I thought in this case that, like – tell me if this was bizarre to you – that he said that he went to go scope out this place to go on their anniversary – like the internet was around yeah. then. I don't see why you'd have to go yeah. scope it out. I feel like you could literally look at pictures on the internet. You don't need to drive there ahead of time unless, I mean, I guess unless you're like the world's biggest planner. Even then I'd be like, let me just click through some photos. I don't I don't really right. get it. So it, it does seem like, and especially how many times they had him going there, it's, you know, definitely something was going on. For sure. All right, Melissa, are you ready to turn the page and move on to last thing before we go this week? Yes, ma'am, I am. All right, so we are going to go to Old Familiar and do some weird laws because we're in Colorado, and maybe Colorado has weird laws. We're going to find out right now, right here on the show. (laughs) Sometimes I just like to be quiet to see how far you'll go with it. That was pretty good. I know, and I can tell when you're doing it, too. I'm like, she should have talked by now. She's doing this on purpose. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Mandy, do you want to start? Um, you can start. I'm pulling mine up right okay. now. Okay. So I'm p- 
pulling up one that I've, or I'm just telling one that I saw on several things. And I even saw somebody say they thought it was a national law until they moved to another state. So apparently in Colorado, car dealers may not show cars on Sunday. It's a very specific rule, but I read something where somebody was like, I moved to Kansas and I thought everybody did that. So yeah, you can't show uh, cars on a Sunday. Kind of interesting. Not super exciting, but it's there. Yeah. Well, here's one about cars. Throwing missiles at them is illegal, which I feel like that's just a very common sense. That's disappointing. Like, of course it's illegal. I was hoping. I'm so happy that's a law. Right, right. I was hoping we weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, throwing missiles at cars is illegal. Yeah, I was planning on taking a family vacation with all my missiles, and Colorado was number one on our list. Man, this is really going to disappoint the family. (laughs) Okay, Mandy, this one is uh, interesting. In Louisville... It's illegal to own chickens. Sad for you. However, you can have Aww. up to three turkeys. Oh, they're so loud and so obnoxious. Way worse than a chicken. Yeah, explain that one to me. I don't get that. Do Okay, here's a dumb No, I'm not going to ask it. Never mind. I'm not going to ask. Wait, are you going to ask if you can eat turkey eggs? Yes. <laughs> you totally can. You can? Has nobody... <laughs> yeah, why aren't people eating them? Why am I not hearing about this? I don't know. I don't know. Do they lay eggs like a lot? <laughs> I I don't know if they lay them a lot. I don't know a lot about turkeys, but I think you can eat anything's eggs. Like I know people eat like ostrich eggs and like if it's a bird and it lays an egg, you can probably eat it. All right. I'm not going to take your word on that. <laughs> well, my son's always like wants to try eggs. And since he can't have chicken eggs, he's always asked me about different ones. So to me, I got really excited. But I feel like what about quail? Have you ever tried quail? I wonder if you can do I that. I haven't tried You'd quail. Like those. Huh. I'll have to look into and it. And you can find them like at Publix. Really? Yeah, they're in the egg section. I mean, they're by the eggs, but they're teeny tiny, and they're you have to probably crack like three of them to make one this regular size egg. And I guarantee you won't like yeah. eggs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> probably Total not. Waste, yeah, yeah, it's probably not worth all that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so here's an interesting one, and I wonder if it's enforced because this one really kind of got me. I was a little confused. This is a Colorado City law. To own a dog over three months of age, one must obtain a license. How are they even figuring those out? That's what I'm saying. How do you know? How do they enforce that? You just always say that your dog's under three months old. Just no matter what. (laughs) It's like 100 pounds. He was really big when he was born. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's one of those things that they you wouldn't get like nothing would come of that unless you did something wrong. And then they would be like, you don't even have a license. They would tack it on or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Mandy. In Aspen, snowball fights are illegal. And what? I think that's a lie because if you've ever been on Instagram, what would influencers have that go to Aspen besides right. snowball fights? <laughs> they have nothing, nothing. without snowball fights. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, some of these are just silly. There's no way any of these are enforced. I don't know why these are even laws. Here's another one that I'm just like, how would anybody – how would you be stopped? You may not drive a black car on Sundays. There's a lot of things you can't do on Sundays. Well, there's – I mean, that one's – it seems like it'd be easy to, like, catch you. Like, well, you just yeah, sit on the side like, and they're like, that one, that one, that one, that one. There's, there's no way. They don't, people no. don't get in trouble for these things. No, but that one's – yeah, that one's interesting. Mandy, this is one of the more upsetting ones that just makes me wonder, how did it get here? How did this become a thing? And this one is – Cats are not allowed to run loose without having been fit with a tail light. Cats, the <laughs> animal. <laughs> I love that. They're just trying to save the kitties. I know, but like it doesn't say they have to wear it. They just have to be fit with it. So you just like have like a collar that says, I've been fit with a tail light, just refuse to wear it, or you know, my tail light's out. Honk if you see me. I don't know what you would do. Huh. I don't know either. That was a joke that didn't <laughs> land. It's all right. Keep going. It's all right. They're not all good jokes. I just throw out as many as I can and see what sticks to the wall. Worst. All right. So I have one last one that is also very silly, and I wonder how often this is even a problem. Um, But it is illegal to permit one's llama to graze on city property. You can't take your llama out and let it eat city grass. That's not allowed. I mean, what what do these llamas think that they're too good for their country grass? I don't get it. 
I don't know. Speaking of llamas, we started watching Napoleon Dynamite with our daughter, and I love that movie so much whenever they feed Tina the llama and stuff. Oh, yeah. But it is funny to like watch it through a kid's eyes and be like, no, this is funny. And they're just kind of like, this is so stupid. I'm like, but that's what's funny. Like, I'm like, oh, gosh, I've reached the age now where you're just not funny or liked or I don't know any of those. Tweens are hard. Tweens are hard. Yeah, they are. They're so hard. They're so hard. There's nothing cool about me anymore, according to my oldest son. I'm just, uh, oh my gosh. I told Melissa this week the best story ever. (laughs) Um, My son, we went on a little trip to the mall, just the two of us, me and my oldest. I just wanted to get him out um, with me for the afternoon and we were going to go get lunch afterwards and everything. So we were in the car and we pulled up to the mall and we're still sitting in the car and he was like, hey mom. Um, have you ever heard of a store called Hot Topic? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, like, of course I have, you know, so he wanted to go in there and check it out. But this was really like the first time that he's ever expressed an interest in like anything like that, that. like clothing related. Right, exactly. Or like having a style. And so we went in there and uh, he got to look at a few shirts and stuff. He got to pick out a shirt that I bought for him. Nothing crazy. Um, (laughs) But Hopefully we have now um you opened Pandora's satisfied box. that curiosity. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I see I was gonna say hopefully I've satisfied the curiosity. Now you think I've opened Pandora's no. box, but we'll see. <laughs> we will see where this leads. No, I'm sure it's good. It's it's like so important to be able to express yourself in your clothes whenever you're younger and stuff, I think. Cause I For sure. It was just hilarious that he thought I would know topic. what that was. Yeah. I know. There's a wall in a hot topic you don't need to be familiar with, but other than that, yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. The joys of tweens. Mm-hmm. We are both we are both just getting into it. Yeah, so yeah. It's fun. Super fun. Great adventure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that was the episode for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you back next week. Same time, same place, new story. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.